0: What's up everyone, my name's Adam Sands, and welcome to episode one of Left is Right, a NASCAR podcast. I'm joined by my two best friends, Matt Messina and Brent Davis. I wanna make this clear, we have no idea what we are doing, but we thought just maybe it's time to hit that record button and share this with the world. We like cars, we like racing, and have all been involved in the auto industry in some way, shape, or form for the last decade. This podcast though is all NASCAR, but I promise, despite the title here, it's more than turning left. The three of us text like teenagers about this stuff, and we like to play-by-play races and talk about the chaos, drama, and controversy that follows from a fan perspective. Also for the record here, Dale Earnhardt Sr. is the greatest of all time. And Kyle Busch sucks. That's just the way God created it. That being said, we are happy, and I mean happy, to give KB the platform to talk about his problems anytime. Kyle, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter at leftisrightpod or mascar at gmail.com. We also think we have a unique perspective to the sport, since we are not on the inside of any NASCAR scene, team, or driver. Our goal with this is to expand on all that, and take a deeper dive into the motorsport world. As you may know, or not know, NASCAR is evolving for better or for worse, and not just on track with road courses and dirt racing coming but with female drivers like Natalie Decker and Haley Deegan emerging onto the scene last year. Younger drivers being infused not just to low-budget, poorly-funded cars, but all in the top tiers of Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing. New team owners are signing up as the NASCAR charter system is in full effect with people like The Goat, Michael Jordan, and Mr. Worldwide Pitbull infusing new blood into the ranks. But As we head to 2022, a new car is set to debut with development complete. NASCAR, with lots of support, has figured out how to incorporate products and technology you would expect from a top-tier racing series. On today's episode, though, we'll bring you up to speed on the influences, influences that drew us to NASCAR over the years, recap the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, preview the Instacart 500 this weekend at Phoenix Raceway, and provide some good hot takes on winners, dark horses, and drivers most likely to end up in the infield care center. That last piece there you won't want to miss is where it gets really good. So without further ado, Matt, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Thanks, Adam. My name is Matt Messina and I have what I like to call an automotive addiction problem. I've worked and play in the auto industry. Since I was eight years old, I knew I would spend my time learning everything I could about cars. My racing experience starts at go-karts and stops at autocross, thanks to my friend Brent, who you'll meet here in a little bit. My father was not into racing and would only watch one race a year, the Daytona 500. He enjoyed that camera angle that was real low on the track, and his favorite segment is the crank it up segment. I made my own path following my passions in the automotive industry, and I'm excited to share these passions with you. I guess I'll also enjoy hanging out with my good friends, Adam and Brent. So, you met Adam. I told you about myself. So let's kick it off to Brent.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Britton Davis, and I would consider myself an atypical NASCAR fan. I grew up liking race cars that turn in both directions, and for most NASCAR fans, that is hypocrisy. But as I've aged, I've grown to enjoy both road course racing and super speedway racing, and I have spent quite a bit of my time both learning to drive race cars and learning to work on race cars before life's priorities kind of sent me in a different direction. So this is a an outlet for my uh, my passion with cars and, uh, and my two friends.
0: Good boys, that was good. Um, so yeah, my name
2: Can you is hear my daughter laughing in the background? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's perfect. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, my name's Adam Sands. Um, and my, uh, you know, kind of story, you know, for this is really just talking with my friends about NASCAR. Uh, you know, I love the, the chatting that we do about it uh, since we aren't all located near each other anymore. And, uh, you know, since the you know pandemic kind of hit... As being a sports fan uh, for my whole life, this is the only one I've really gravitated to since then. All the other stick and ball sports have been nonsense. But I've, uh, I've always been a fan of cars, just like Matt and Brent. And, uh, you know, it started at a very young age with, with uh, you know my dad and the business uh, environment that he was involved in, owning a dealership, and, and my passion is definitely driven from that um so yeah i'm um, uh this is great boys i'm glad we finally are uh, here and uh able to do this <clears> 100 <throat> my friend um
1: we're not just to kind of pile on adam if you don't mind buddy um oh. we're not your typical nascar group right we're all from the northeast um some of us a little further west than others but um yeah we didn't grow up in the south we're not you know, not your uh, dirt track Friday night guys, right? Now we enjoy that, but growing up, I was had no experience with that, right? Uh, I grew up driving Honda Civics, right? <laughs> so a uh, little little different background, and I'm sure I can speak for all all three of us, and, you know, we're not we're not your typical, your fan, right? You're a fan for years, and with the sport evolving the way it is, um, this is the perfect time to start this podcast.
0: Buckle up your seatbelts because it might get bumpy.
1: Pull those belt tights, and let's go racing.
0: (laughs) All right. This is the Tell Our NASCAR Storytime segment of this here episode of the Left is Right podcast. We thought it'd be a good idea to take a nice, slow, caution lap down memory lane and share our NASCAR experiences that each of us has had from a young age until present day. Matt, you want to kick it off again?
1: Hey, thanks, Adam. My NASCAR story does not start with oval tracks or dirt racing or following any of that. I grew up in New Jersey, and by the time I became interested in automotive racing, all the local tracks have been converted into strip malls. Flemington uh, Raceway had a great dirt track there for a while and (laughs) I remember they tearing that down and literally putting a strip mall in. So this very stereotypical New Jersey suburbs and strip malls story there. So without any kind of oval tracks around, uh, I gravitated towards uh, drifting, which they had at Wall Township Speedway, which was one of the only paved ovals in southern Jersey. And drag racing in English town uh, kind of Northern ish Jersey there. So followed that along, you know, the drifting D one at the time, they would come by once a year and buddies would go down there and watch the tire smoke and get your heart rate up here in those engines rev. Right. And drag racing was, you know, a summertime sport since uh, we do get winters in the Northeast. So yeah, we watched, you know, to some of the higher horse stuff fly and, you know, we take our, 15-second daily drivers there and laughed the whole time. That was a good time. So, yeah, from there, you know, went to school out in Pennsylvania and uh, met up with one of my good friends, Chris. And Chris was a huge Jimmy Johnson fan. So every Sunday he'd be watching the race and races and rooting for that that 48 car. So after a few weeks, Chris turns to me and goes, okay, you're going to have to pick a driver. You've been over here watching it. You're enjoying the races. So who's your guy? So I'm looking at the driver intro list and noticed the 56 car of Michael Waltrip Racing their driver Martin Truex Jr is from New Jersey. So I made that connection and picked Martin Truex. So my like we all know what happens to my to Martin Truex Jr and jumping teams to Furniture Row Racing in the 78 car and winning the NASCAR NAS, NASCAR championship in 2017 which is unbelievable. So I picked Martin, you know, early in his career with the 56 team and watched him grow all the way up now and running through for Joe Gibbs Racing. So I love that. And side note, Martin Truex Jr. started his racing career at Wall Township Speedway on the paved oval they have. So pretty neat and didn't see that coming, right? But uh, love that connection to the sport. Um, Outside of that, moved in with uh, my co-podcast hoster Adam and uh, Adam and I live together in Michigan and we watched the races every Sunday and kept the passion growing and yes went to a couple races my first race was a Michigan international race and been there a few times Um, also been to Pocono Raceway been to Dover been to Richmond and uh, Talladega that was our last trip together and we had a lot of fun there, and wait till the stories from that trip <laughs> when we do a uh, Talladega race podcast. Oh, my. So, yeah, that's my story. Uh, not your typical story, but definitely a fan of the sport. And, uh, yeah, Brent, tell us about your story. How would you get involved in racing and eventually NASCAR?
2: Well, I guess I, I you know, motorsports and cars and everything – for me, was something that my dad and I always shared, and as young as I can remember, Sunday afternoons were were sitting in the living room watching whatever race was, and and eating snacks. That was that was what my dad and I did. Whether it was pretzels or chips and salsa, that was always that was always the go-to was chips and salsa. You know, he'd get the salsa out, and we knew it was it was race time. And the first race that I went to. I was probably seven or eight years old, and my dad and his cousins, we went to Dover. And as, as an eight-year-old kid at a NASCAR race, you don't really have the attention span to really watch the race. There's two things you remember, and you remember the noise and the fans and free stuff. And, and I remember my uncles going through the freebie line twice – Second time with their hats taken off and their jackets taken off, so they could get a a second um, free handout of whatever brand laundry detergent I think they were handing out of that particular day. And (laughs) that's what I think it was. So, I mean, yeah, free freeze for me, right? Don't even want it, but it's free. And then from there, I began to gravitate towards road road racing. Um, My dad and I started going to see. Amateur road racing championship races at, at Mid Ohio Sports Car Course, uh, starting in 1999. I still have the T-shirt somewhere, and and that was a yearly trek for us to go see these races uh, in, in in the fall at, at Mid Ohio Sports Car Course. So I I I, I gravitated towards road racing, and that kind of drew me away from NASCAR because yeah, they you know they, they they ran the Glen, but that was that was about it for them. Um, and, and it didn't interest me as much um, a, as a younger kid. Um, you know, fast forward 15, 20 years, and we're starting to see a shift towards, towards doing a lot of those other, other tracks that, that we see other series run, uh, like Daytona, for example, just recently. Um, and it, it, it gets me excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the, the changes to the car in the future and and where um where nascar is headed so um we'll uh we'll steer this chat back towards adam and he can uh he can share with us uh his history
0: so brent i was probably dying i had to put myself on mute there because it's two things that just like hit me right where it hurts uh, so i'm going to ask you a couple questions well maybe the first one's not really a question it's more of just a statement. Um, I can absolutely envision you and your father sitting in your living room eating snacks. Because that is like, <laughs> for me, like, you and a bag of pretzels is like peanut butter and jelly, man. It goes together. <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, I eating pretzels right now, by the way. There you go. There you go. It's like right to itself, go. man. It's like right to itself. Number two, you talked about your uncles going through the freebie line twice. So at NASCAR events back in those days, there was one hundred percent a tobacco tent. Where- <laughs> Is this a tobacco tent, or was this like the other free shit they give out? p has gone. I'm still here. No, this You're was, this, this was
2: not. This was not the tobacco tent. It was. It was. Yeah. It was most definitely like uh, uh, a really cheap free T-shirt. And 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 a certain name brand of of laundry detergent that you I'm sure you can think of, um, a yeah. little, little packet of that, you know, you know, and and they went through and got another one, you know, and and the little like disposable like like four ply toilet paper bag that they that they give you, like when you go to the grocery store, um, yep, that was that was it, Amazing. that was it, and they and they went back through, it. they, they took their hats and sunglasses off, and and they went, back, they were they were all excited about it. We're just standing there like, what are you? <laughs>
1: That's, it's god it's, it doesn't it doesn't matter where you go right you, oh, are for free. me and oh god i'm doing doing the trade show route right and you know for work and just i'm like i don't get anything anymore it's not even worth my time some people love it people go out of their way for this stuff i'm like what happens to it you bring it home and you
0: throw it out that, that's it right what else use you it for you know yeah like so that uh Listening to Brent, so I've never heard some of those. Things. That was, and even you, Matt, too. Some of the first times, but now that I think about it, every single one of us, though at different times, we've all been to Dover, boys. We've all been. I, I realized that I didn't know. I never knew Brent went to Dover. So. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll uh, kind of delve into my story here, and I listened to you guys talk about it, and and uh, you know. The not the atypical fan, and and although I don't put myself in the atypical category of a NASCAR fan, I feel like perhaps as I unfold my story here, it probably is more atypical. But uh, I'm not going to commit myself or label myself that way quite yet. <laughs> um, so my NASCAR story starts with my dad, which when it comes to automotive things, that's where it starts for me. Um... When I was pretty young, uh, my parents were divorced, Divorced, and uh, my earliest memories of the sport in NASCAR are listening to radio broadcasts uh, on MRN with my dad, and we would drive home to my mom's house on a Sunday night, uh, you know, that's kind of typically the time, but, uh, you know, with my dad's With my dad, everything revolved around the dealership. So, you know, we'd be driving home to my mom's and we'd be driving in whatever the latest Chrysler Jeep Dodge product offering there was at that point in time. So that could be a Chrysler Sebring Jeep Wrangler or Dodge Ram, whatever it is. But uh, my first race that I watched would have been, oh gosh, it was probably nine years old. So that would put me, or ten years old, nine years old, but that put me at the 1998, excuse me. 1998, Daytona 500. So, as some of you might know, 1998, Daytona 500 would have been when our man, Dale Earnhardt Sr., would have got his first win, uh, his first 500 win. Wow. So, a significant moment. Significant moment in the sport, right? But to give a little context to that, my guy was Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon was the hot man on the scene. He was young gun, you know uh he had the the Hendrick Motorsports uh uh backing so and he was good and he was talented and he if there was anybody new on the scene he was going to get he was the one who's going to give Dale run for his mind <clears throat> so it was a little bit conflicting because back then those two were having a little bit of feud of obviously Dale being the elder statesman and the man right and Gordon being the, the young guy but um from there uh you know thinking about the end of that race uh i think is really what solidified it for me as an NASCAR fan and if you've watched that race um you'll know that once he won once dale won he came down pit road and every single team and crew member came out pit road and gave him a high five as he drove down to victory lane and that was like the larger than life moment for me that like transcended the sport and got me hooked because I've just never seen anything like that before, you know. And I, even though I knew who Dale Earnhardt Sr. was, I didn't know that he had commanded that kind of respect. And that's that's a theme for me on these personalities and these people that transcend sports, like Michael Jordan, you know, the Williams sisters in tennis, uh, you know, these these Tiger Woods, these figures that are just bigger than the thing that they do, right? Um, so. Moving on in my story time a little bit, uh, you know. As far as races go, my first race would have been probably uh, about two years after that, going to Pocono. So, me going to Pocono means me going with my dad and his friends, sitting on top his first RV back then, which would have been the 1977 Pace Arrow with Shag. Hey, Pace, Pace Arrow. No <laughs> stories. And later in this podcast, will we get into those stories? (laughs) I cannot wait. We are going to talk about stories. stories? Uh Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Just give them a little, just, just a little bit of tip there of what's to come. (laughs) Um, Important. It's very important. So, you know, back then, so let's fast forward a couple years from there. So, because, you know, that being my first race, um, you know i'm learning about pocono and what it has to offer and what nascar has to offer because now i'm in the infield right so i'm not sitting in the grandstands uh honestly i think the first time i probably sat in the grandstands would have been at least another 14 years after this it would have been with you two guys but um the so from there let's go to 2001 right so 2001 Daytona 500. What an amazing time that's going on in the NASCAR world at that point, point. Um, and obviously on the last lap of that race, we lost the man doing the sport he loves and propelling uh, two of the two people in you know in the sport to uh, you know better better times for them as probably professional drivers. It's Michael Waltrip winning the race right and. Junior right there behind him. So, uh, obviously, that was a moment that probably took me down. It was a moment that took me down in the sport, and I kind of, I would say, lost a lot of interest at that point in time. Because, you know, as I described in 98, Senior being the man and not just meaning everything to me, uh, you know, that his passing and the way it happened, it just, like, just took me by storm. So from there, I probably only went to Pocono like two or three more times with my dad when I could. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. So I'm at that point, I was just, you know, 10 years go by where I just don't have real much interest. And that takes us to college where, you know, I met you two sorry individuals. And uh, welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh. I had an opportunity through obviously the dealership connection uh, to get hot passes for um, for the garage at Pocono uh, through Chrysler, and uh, two myself and two other guys that work at the dealership went with me. And I'm in the you know more Sunday morning. I'm in the garages. We're we're looking at cars. We're talking to people. We're standing there doing it all. I go to the bathroom and on my way out, a little tall. Uh, you know, a skinny guy in a in a suit comes in, uh, and uh, it's Joey Logano. And I'm, like, starstruck. And so, obviously, it's, like, at this point, you're walking out of the bathroom, and Joey Logano's walking in. I can't shake his hand, right? Go into going to the bathroom. Like, I can't, I can't ask for his autograph. So, I'm just, like, like just envisioning me stopping in my tracks and just, like, in awe. Like, oh, my gosh, Joey Logano. <laughs> so... Shake the man's hand. Can't shake his hand. <laughs> Can't shake his hand in the bathroom, man. Absolutely not. So, as Bryn and Matt already know, Joey, I would say is you know it, and Matt talked a little bit about picking a driver, right? Well, at that moment in time, Joey's my driver because you know we almost touched, albeit in the bathroom. We almost touched. <laughs> that
1: way, not that way. Careful, <laughs> quick, quick, yeah,
0: careful, <laughs> careful, Certainly not in that way. But, but. You know what I mean but anyway so um at that point NASCAR kind of re-entered my life and obviously I'm in college at this point uh or you know almost finished college and uh so at that point I'm I think I, I moved home after school yeah I moved home worked for my parents worked for my dad and then uh came out to Michigan and uh Uh, living with Matt and that like that Matt had interest in NASCAR at that point and like it just it just took off and I want to say the first we went to you and I and Brent Brent was there and I think his wife too so god bless her Uh, oh what a story yep so we go to I think she
2: read a book the entire time
0: (laughs) (laughs) yep that's my memory so we went to uh mis and uh uh so that was what, what was that 2012 guys 2012? 12 or 11 probably 12 though yeah it would have been 12, 12. because i didn't move until beginning of 12. i moved out in the beginning of 12. so um you know we, we prepare to go to nascar right so we get up in the morning we go to uh you know michigan right the gas station and we can buy beer so we go buy beer we fill up the cooler which i think we were drinking Coors lights that day we did drink Coors light
1: and for our um for our, our national fan base right michigan is the best state for alcohol laws you <laughs> could buy whatever you want whatever you want it does it does not matter
0: uh so 2012. And so we go to this race. Uh, this is, and I said a little bit ago, I, I really only had infield uh, Pocono experience. This would have been the first time I ever sat in the stands uh, at a race. And so to bring this story a little bit full circle for you, uh, if you go back in the history books, uh, the man who won that race that day was Dale Earnhardt Jr. And it had been a while, so Junior had gone through a long struggle in his career, you know, after 2001, uh, you know, leaving leaving uh, DEI in like 08 or so, whatever it was, and, and finding his way to Hendrick. He had, up until that moment, he had struggled tremendously as a driver for a lot of different reasons, which I won't get into here. But that's where I think it really connected back to me uh, in that moment and my love for the sport kind of sparked and came back so from there i think uh we had gone to mis again which different experience this time i think my dad had his new rv at that point in time which you know new in 2012 oh. for him would have been the 97 disco
1: the disco with with the license plate the mayor from the from the yep. Dodge
0: campaign. Yep, the, Dodge, yep, the Dodge campaign with the mayor license plate on the front. You know, <laughs> this was the big leagues. 22 and a half Alcoa's, uh, You know, diesel pusher class A. This was the this was the NASCAR hauler. Like this is what it was for.
2: I remember taking the wiper uh, wiper motor fuse out to to get the inverter to work for the TV.
1: See exactly. it, it, it that's a that's a key point of information, listeners, because what what has told you <laughs> is we're at a NASCAR race and our technical guy is diagnosing <laughs> why the TV won't work in this RV he's never seen before yeah. and tracked out of fuse with no information. Yeah. So we're well
0: fuse
2: for the
1: inverter, so we had to steal one.
0: <laughs> and the RV is owned none nonetheless by a dealership automotive group owner. So Yeah you know, let's just yeah. put that in perspective so yeah so we have a great time that day uh a couple years after that i think is when my michigan time came to a close uh the next race i think i went to was matt and i uh uh in oh gosh it was only a couple years ago now but probably 18 17 or 18 we him and i went to dover yep. Had a great time yes sir the f excursion Yes, sir. Took the excursion, which we'll talk about with a lot of love and respect. By the time we stop recording a podcast, sometime in the future, um, and as it'll play a role in many other stories, but uh, uh, a couple, a few. Yeah. From there, I mean, we've. Uh, this is where it all really starts to grow, I think, and and brings me to this point of of. You know, now I'm really interested again. I'm following the driver. Joey's still my guy, but I am I am starting to see as time gone on, as this sport is transitioning to something different. I think, to a to a point, NASCAR is hearing people, uh, and not just their atypical fan, but they're hearing, uh, you know, people come new people coming into the sport. We're seeing that with young drivers. We're seeing young drivers willing to. Uh, drive for less money than you know some veteran guys uh or so we hear and uh you know it's it's really there's to me anymore it's not just racing there is so much else going on that is making this sport mainstream and despite the craziness and the sadness that has gone on with the covid pandemic nascar in my opinion has benefited tremendously from this as they have stayed focused on bringing a product and and evolving to try to gain that interest as watch time on the internet and all that stuff is up tremendously and uh adam if you don't mind me jumping in um yeah, go for. to
1: that point right saying nascar has survived i'm gonna say survived the pandemic right mm-hmm. and they did it without having to reschedule any races after the initial shutdown right go across all major sports right who, who's, who can say they've done that no one yeah right there's there's one right and with nascar right yes there's you know take football right there's x amount of people on the field nascar has teams and support teams and media guys and you know crews and dry and it goes on and on right and they were able to meet all the protocol laid out by nascar and put on a great show and in the shutdown they got even creative right and started watching iRacing, racing right and they were broadcasting. Mike Joy broadcasted iRacing events, right? And that's how Clint Boyer got his job, in my opinion, right? With Fox, and and I was unbelievable. Who, we get to watch racing, and these drivers are at home with their driving rigs. And um, what we'll go through later in you know this series is you know my sweet setup I have for turning left, right, and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know get up on the wheel go you know, blow my elbows out for a couple couple minutes shoulders hurt and then go back upstairs right but yeah it was um it was it was nascar's coming through it and they're gonna be stronger when this pandemic wraps up
0: yeah yeah it's it's a it's a wild time i think and i think uh you know the more the three of us have talked about it and uh, this is awesome' I'm, I'm been looking to do stuff I'll just, I've been looking to do something on the internet for a long time, but I felt like I never really knew what it was. And the discussions the three of us have had on Sundays, you know, or even obviously it's during seven days a week, sometimes 24 hours a day, (laughs) Um, you know, early in the morning for some others, but, uh, yep.
1: (laughs) Some of us don't wake up till a little later than others. So
0: exactly, but, uh, it, it's it's this is giving me I feel like this is giving me that excuse and it's giving me something to like just be excited about and uh, give our give a try you know I have no idea whether this is gonna work or not uh, and I meant that sincerely when I started this but or when I started the intro but yeah uh, you know, I'm I'm pumped and I think uh, you know we we have a whole we each have a unique perspective and and Maybe that doesn't come across in everything we've just said. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it does, but we'll get into it. I mean, we'll talk story times. You know, we'll, we'll race recap and preview that normal stuff, and, and we'll get into the technical side. Brent, we're certainly going to be leaning on you for that, uh, uh, as obviously you've got that. You have a way to express that and say it. Um, and we'll get into, you know, as what it, what Kyle Busch would put it, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I think the people are going to learn that, uh, you know, Brent, I think you were we were chatting before you were talking about, uh, you know, something Kyle said in the truck race on Friday night and, and how you weren't really sure what it meant. And then you thought about it and it did. But you know what? Kyle Bush said it, so it doesn't make any sense. Absolutely not. Higher no. saturation.
1: <laughs> he doesn't even know what saturation means, first off. All right? So, yeah, Brent was able to make sense of it, but that's just because Brent is just a technical guru, right? So, no one else on the planet knew what he was talking about, right? And, he, you know, for a shock, he wasn't bashing his crew, right? So, I, I just don't know. I, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm to that point too. I'm, I'm definitely pumped, buddy. I can feel our energy, and, you know, we're a group. We're best friends, right? So, this is going to come off almost natural to a point because... When we're hanging out, this is what we sound, right? So, all of our listeners are going to get a, a peek into, you know, what we go through every Sunday, as Adam alluded to, and what, what we promise, right, to bring is we're not going to talk over your head, technically, right? And that's something that, you know, listening to other media and other podcasts, it kind of can can do, right? So they can they can, you know, they just assume you know what the lucky dog is, right? Out of out of caution, right? or how tire pressure affects the car's handling. Right. So we're gonna make a promise to you early to explain that. Right. So our average, you know, anybody walking off the street can listen and understand if they have any, 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 any interest in NASCAR. Can understand right, or in the automotive industry, really right? Can understand you know what we're talking about. So when we get into track bars and you know wedges and <laughs> aero adjustments and the new car coming, it's a whole different platform, right? We're gonna break it down so you can understand right. And with our social media, and social media, please reach out if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, right? If you have any, anything that we glossed over or made a mistake of, because that will happen here, right? We're not perfect. Um, me growing up in New Jersey, I tend to <laughs> tend to talk a little quick and tend to speak <laughs> speak before I think. Right. So um, I'm sure I'll say stuff that doesn't make sense. All and- right.
0: All right, boys. So let's uh, recap Las Vegas a little bit from last weekend. Um, Kyle Larson got it done came back with his first win since his uh, suspension last season and first win with a new team. Sure Um, did. Looks like we had 27 race lead changes, six total cautions, and Mr. Jones in the um, number 43 car, Bubba's old team, drove it from uh, 29th up to 10th with a good run, and Blaney, Ryan Blaney himself, from the number 12 team Penske car, from 26 all the way up to 5th. A um, little bit of controversy on Friday night during the truck race with uh, what appeared to be, I'll say, appeared to be a intentional spin from none other than our uh, you know favorite driver, or least favorite driver, if you will, uh, Kyle Busch. What do you Wait guys a- think?
1: Listen, the man, he tells you, he tells everyone that he's a machine. He's the best driver out there. I don't know how he could possibly spin. After driving it through the banking and then coming to the flat and spinning out doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I mean, it,
2: yeah, it's, it's there's no question that he, you know, that he goosed it and, and, and put the car around. But I think the big question is what, what needs to be done to because it's not like he's the first person to do this, you know? Well,
1: no, good point, Brent. And well, who was it last time? Bubba Wallace. Oh, yeah, yeah
0: they,
2: they find him, right? Actually,
0: so Bubba Wallace. So <laughs> yes. let's set the let's set the the tone here a little bit. Um, so so Kyle right. Um, cut, so this is the way the story goes. Kyle in Friday night's truck race has a has a uh, I don't know if it was left rear or right rear, but allegedly right. has low tire right, yep. and <clears throat> gets himself down on the embankment with no issues at all from that, and or onto the flat and uh and goes around, okay, after a little bit, so to to what you guys were saying about Bubba, that was twenty nineteen or just at the end of the twenty nineteen season, I think at Texas, yep. and same thing cuts a tire strategically the Richard Petty motorsports uh social media account puts out the uh image of the tire that was destroyed that you know I think that was probably just a like save a saving grace kind of
1: post a <laughs> little uh. <laughs> You know, we're going to bait Playing the jury games. a little bit with this one,
0: yeah. But, you know, in that situation, uh, you know, looking back a little bit, what happened there was that Bubba didn't really say anything about it initially other than, than that social media post of um, from the team, and... NASCAR Kyle Larson actually was very vocal about that situation because he thought it was intentional and there's no he said there's no question about the data from the car would tell them that NASCAR comes out and says they have reviewed the data and their reason uh, for not finding them for just their assessment of the situation uh, or suspending him was that they don't have enough data to show that basically they don't have enough data From vehicles with low tires uh to say that that was intentional or not like you know what i mean so Mm. seems a little crazy because you can't tell me that there there is no situation in nascar where anybody's ever had a low tire before there's thousands of laps on record i'm sure that have low tires
1: (laughs) correct and nowadays they're recording all this live data all of it. Now, the driver's not getting it uh, during the race, but his crew's certainly watching it. They're looking at steering angle, pedal positions, accelerator and brake pedal.
0: I think that so, was Larson's point. That was Larson's point, right? It, There's no yes. way. And I think NASCAR, <laughs> it's a judgment right. call, right? Because, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more as the time goes on, but we're talking about NASCAR, which is trying to figure out whether if it's a competitive racing series or it's in the entertainment business. And it's somewhere in the middle. Right, Interesting we, point. We want everything to be exciting, so you know a little bit of controversy is no big deal. Where Bubba went wrong is about a week later, I think. Wherever they were going next, the following week, um, you know, Bubba's getting getting asked about it, right? Because it's clearly clearly intentional. So Bubba admits it that it was intentional, and he said, and I quote, that he learned it from Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. <laughs>
1: Forgot about
0: that i forgot about so he's learning from the best if you will and uh where bubba where that that bit bubba in the butt because he was good up until that moment and he essentially got fined fifty thousand dollars for admitting that it was intentional despite nascar's review uh and 50 playoff points i think it was at the time which in his case was irrelevant because he wasn't wasn't competitive. In the playoff picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, fast forward to Kyle, right? So, Kyle spins, right? We all saw that. He goes around after the low tire. After the race, well, so that was a critical moment in the race and it allowed Kyle to kind of stop the field, not lose any more track position. He gets good tires and he drives it all the way to the front again because clearly, when Kyle Bush is driving trucks, it, unfortunately, and I'll say unfortunately, he's probably the best driver on the on the on the track that night yeah
2: he's a, he's a wolf in the hen house
0: <laughs> right it's like yeah he's just taking them off one by one
2: right so the reasoning here the motive right is if he puts the car around and gets the caution to come out he can get into the into pit road get tires and end up toward the end of the field instead of a lap down would be my the way i'm trying to wrap my brain around this that's the whole the desire to do this correct right. Brent. right okay, okay. so that, that that brings up the question okay they can try and make a judgment call and, and fine people for yep. instances, or is it possible for NASCAR to create a rule that would deter such such incidents? You don't wanna you don't wanna penalize the guy that has a tire go down and limps it around the track into into pit road and gets tires and goes back out and probably ends up a lap down because the track stayed green anyways. Is there something you can do a car does spin, brings out the caution? Do you, do, you, do you put them a lap down automatically for that? I mean, that would fix it, but <laughs> it sure it would not be fair <laughs> if the guy yeah. spins coming off a of turn, turn four right at pit, ro- pit entrance and can get in there quick enough before they close pit road. I, you know,
1: it's, I, I it's, know. A, it's a balance, right? And what, what both of you are getting to is, do I want NASCAR making judgment calls like that on the spot, right? I do. But I don't want it to be overdone,
0: yeah, right? to the point I of agree.
1: it becoming F one and there's stewards inquiry for every time someone passes someone. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't want the sport becoming that. Now, was it intentional? In my opinion, hundred percent. Kyle Bush spun that truck around to, to have it play out. He's not dumb, mm-hmm. despite his looks. I don't think he's that unintelligent. But it, it, you can't, you can't alter the outcome of the race. Period. If you spin, you spun, right? And that's and you it's you can look at you know when a car truck's gonna go around. Everybody, you know, you know when these cars are going around. And you've seen these guys save these trucks at, you know, 150, 170 miles an hour, sideways, mm-hmm. right? And able to to gather it back up. Despite us despite our dislike in Kyle Bush, the man can drive. hmm
0: Flat no, out just, He
2: saved it at 170, 180 prior to spinning it. <laughs> yes. He was all over
0: the place on the front stretch that just prior to that happening from this issue so yeah and i think that was austin dylan who made that connection of oh it's kind of strange right how kyle <laughs> bush had full control of of the car in the banking and then spun on the flat which like from a thousand foot view right like yeah it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like let's just think about that as a human being forget nascar drivers and anybody who knows anything about cars and how they work how is it that you can save it on an uneven surface and then on a flat surface,
2: it's just yeah. physics. Doesn't it's it? physics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I wouldn't be totally against the uh, a ruling of you know, you turn a car around and bring out the caution, you're a lap down. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it, it would stop the intentional stuff. I, I don't know how much it would alter. So most races. I mean, most the people concern.
0: Spend yeah, you're you're definitely onto something as far as what could NASCAR do, Brent. I think that's a good point. But I think, other than a ruling, excuse me, they, they, um, you have to think about the, the tr- in this case, the truck, right? But the car, uh, when we talk about the Cup Series, of how much damage get, is occurred when a low tire or they cut a tire, right? How much damage occurs to the body of the vehicle when something like that happens that you're trying to prevent as you limp it back to pit road without, without trying to lose as much track position as possible and stay competitive. Because if the car, car gets torn up from the tire well your day's over right right Mm -hmm. so you know think about car design right as we as we move on to the next generation what is it that nascar do could do of such a such a minuscule thing that's very likely to happen in the course of a race to anybody on the track at any moment in time is cut a tire or have a low tire if it's if the car could not be as damaged from something so small Don't you think that that would be better because we could keep cars on track racing, you know, or more cars on track racing throughout the course of a race?
1: It's true. 100 percent. Xfinity, the Xfinity car bodies do a great job because of their composite nature. They don't shred the way the cup cars do. Yeah, they lose a tire. And I hope I don't know. I know they had they talked about next gen bodies, but I don't think they have actually made the call yet if it's gonna be a, a steel based or a composite base going forward. But I personally like the composite based. It gets rid of the tire rubs and allows them to beat and bang on each other a little more. Right. And yeah. that makes great race that makes excellent race and you don't worry about caving a fender in and rubbing the tire down. And yeah, you hit it hard enough it's gonna break. <laughs> but it's that little it's that little that little give, right? Kind of like the safer barrier. Yeah, it's gonna wreck your stuff, but it, it may not put you out of the race.
0: Yep, so what we've learned Right, so what we've learned In this case is If you open your mouth and say that you intentionally did it You're getting fined, as in Bubba's case In Kyle's case Okay, he has an interview Post-race And I think it was Bob Pachris who uh, Asked him about it If he gave him the (laughs) opportunity to explain himself Because, you know Anybody who's seen the clip Can Can quickly say, you know this something seems fishy about that, even if you know nothing, I think, in my opinion. And Kyle just simply says in response to Bob's opportunity to explain himself, he says, nope. Bob replies yeah. with a, like a, a little bit of a statement that's that's just, you know, excuse me or so, something to that effect, like almost like Bob realizes what he said, but he's trying to set him up. He's doing his job as a media member. Right and kyle realizes this all in the same moment and he says nope again so he, he just he's learned right he knows exactly what happened to above in this situation he knows what he did he's just not going to say it and here we are you know almost where well, we're more than a week we've been it's been a week since this has occurred and he still hasn't been fined so moral of the story don't admit it you're not getting fined because it's a judgment call and Allegedly, they don't have enough low tire data to say it's intentional.
1: It's out of control, and the man's not not unintelligent in this case. He did exactly that. He learned from Bubba: keep your mouth shut and you keep your money. Mm-hmm. And and Kyle bush going down the run of trucks, right? They that brings in a whole different fan base to the truck race who may not not normally watch either. So NASCAR, in my opinion, does doesn't want to lose Kyle Bush running trucks. Over a tire going down, and, a, and a, but yeah. you know whatever a caution, right? It, it's right. it's more beneficial to them to be like, all right, listen, maybe they talked. We don't know, right? Maybe they had that conversation. The hauler of, okay, we know what you did. We know what you do for the trucks. Don't do it again, right?
0: Did he get called to the hauler?
1: I don't think he did. I didn't. No one. He needed to, but you know, you know how these backdoor deals happen sometimes, <laughs> right? You get a phone call after the race, right? Hey listen, we know you own, we know you own a team in the trucks. We know <laughs> you you bring fans and people who normally wouldn't watch the trucks to the trucks. Don't do it again. We know what you did. <laughs> right? And that could have been it. We don't just, know.
0: Just like, a little pee slap. Just a little bit. Just, just a little, <laughs> just,
1: just a
2: little. little. Just right. a little. Just a tip. Just a tip. <laughs> Lesson Bye. of the week. Mm. Just, oh, just Jesus. Just plead the fifth. Just plead That's... the fifth.
0: It's amazing. It really <laughs> is.
1: I know my rats. Yep. <laughs> Un- yep. unbelievable. But we From, beat that one uh... to death, boys. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's slide up to the. Adam went over the race recap. Overall impression of Vegas. I thought it was a good race. I, it was definitely entertaining. Seeing Larson take it to the to checkered flag after his suspension last year, and what some of our our listeners may not know is he went down and he raced modifieds, and he beat everybody in the modified dirt series, like. Every race he went to, he was winning, it seemed like. So the kid can drive. Uh, other, other media members says he's the best driver out there. I, I don't know about all that, but the kid can drive, and he's in finally in good equipment where he can show his stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Larson is definitely it, – it's a story. It's a guy you got to keep your eye on, I think, at this point. Yeah, so uh, prior to his suspension, he was in, I would say, middle-of-the-road equipment. Right, I don't. I don't think it was junk. I just don't think that that team uh, has the resource. Well, I shouldn't say they have the resources. I don't know. I feel like the Ganassi team is just more of a business venture than it is just diehard. Like we'll do anything to get wins. Um, Correct. Yeah. I think. I think they have the money. They're, that's not the issue, or they they're able to obtain the money through sponsorship, whatever it is. But yeah, as he after his suspension and everything and uh it's, he was i mean he was here at the local track to me grandview speedway and when he was here for that i mean the cars were lined up in the fields so yeah, regardless of of what happened right i mean kyle larson is a name he is a he is a wheel man i would say you know if i was going to describe him as a driver and probably one of the top wheelmen in the series at this point um and now he's in he, now he's in a Hendrick car. So although maybe not the greatest funding at this point of what it could be compared to like Chase Elliott, for example, right? But he'll get there. And this is the first step of winning a race. Um yeah. and he he's talented. So I would say, you know, a guy for Larson, any of these like tracks where a driver's gotta be a wheelman. And and not just like sitting in lap traffic, right? But like uh, a wheelman, in a sense where the surface of the track isn't great um you know it's bumpy which is the case at vegas a little bit and they're able to dial the car in i would expect kyle because he's a wheel man to be able to drive through that stuff get around people and that that's what happened right? Got the race, got it done
1: saved his equipment and was there at the end. And that's the most important part, especially with tracks that are beat up in old surfaces, right? Taking care of your equipment and learning a lot from dirt in that sense, where you're constantly adapting to the changing conditions in the dirt. And maybe not as drastic on asphalt, but still, you know, temperature changes and the kid can drive flat out drive. Mm-hmm. So one to watch in the playoffs. Now finally got some backing. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hendricks currently sponsoring his car. But he'll not I'd many expect
0: dreams. to see I'd expect to see a company's name you recognize on that car very soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they're calling. I'm sure the phones are ringing. But it, and, you know, what owner would do that for a kid? What owner would uh, run a when a cup car, which is how many million dollars a week? What, what are, we, we saw that number recently? I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. whatever it is. Uh, like insane right insane amount of dough and Hendricks just signing the checks to make that thing go around the track
0: and that's so. a good that's a good story right so in the Kyle Larson story you know in it, in this country you know people make mistakes for better or for worse and if you take the time to genuinely learn about the mistake you made apologize for it uh and sound genuine in that sense um I think you know A portion of this country is certainly built on second chances. uh, And Kyle's leash is definitely shorter, I'm sure, because of what happened. But, you know, I think he's done the right things in in trying to learn and grow. And I think we saw that at the end of the race after he won. I mean, even Bubba came to congratulate him. So as far as I'm concerned, this sport, that whole situation it hasn't hurt it in any sense of of the mean like it's definitely grown and and Bubba's a big part of that uh just because of that so to see Bubba acknowledge Kyle uh I'm sure they have a relationship I'm sure they have talked a lot and continue to talk a lot so to see that happen on stage in front of everybody else I think that's that's huge it's huge for growth
1: 100 so. percent and you know off the track kyle's done a lot of work and continues to do that work with i think it's out of philadelphia adam that um, mm-hmm. urban racing league right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know a population of this country who's not equally represented in nascar right it, and it's important and i'm glad he's doing the hard work that nascar should overall be doing in general right so it starts with one and it always does so big things are coming and i'm excited <laughs>
0: NASCAR heads to Phoenix Raceway. Um Sunday, March 14th, 3:30 is the uh uh Instacart 500. The Instacart
1: um, 500.
0: Instacart 500, shop your groceries online, man. Be COVID. That's the way it goes. It's easy. That's it. That's it <laughs>
1: Um
0: so the Cup race um I think it's so yeah one mile track layout right so it's 312 laps that's 312 miles three stages i think we're looking the high 70s temperature wise this weekend um mr keselowski brad keselowski in the number two uh team penske ford is on the pole and uh it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting weekend right because phoenix is the host of the championship race when we get down to the end of the season. So I think what you see this weekend is definitely teams uh, who think they might have a chance. Right? They're definitely interested in what kind of data they collect and where they finish and what they do. Uh, so it's
1: and it, to it's that point, be a wild ride. one of the more researched tracks and studied tracks. Right? So all the championship contenders throughout the year are phoenix is on their mind right as soon as you win a race phoenix is on your mind so they've studied it they've ran sim races and and they haven't yeah my notes are right here looking at it they have not changed the tire and they're running the same uh horsepower package which is the 750 low downforce package that they ran at the championship race so it's the same race now you know a little earlier in time and it's gonna be it's gonna be a show i'll tell you that
2: much Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix being a a, a very flat track compared to, I mean, even just last week or a lot of the the circuits. um, What's the
1: banking? What's the banking there, Brent? What are we looking at? We're
2: we're 11 degrees in one and two and and nine degrees in in three and four and makes a big difference in car setup. Um, We're used to seeing these cars sit on on pit road before the race and they're sitting, you know, four inches off the ground because there's so much arrow at high speed pushing the car down and you throw that car up into a high bank corner with, you know, 20 plus degrees of banking. And that centrifugal force pushes the car down even further, which loads, you're loading all four tires, uh, in the corners where on a flat or almost flat surface, um, you don't get that, that centrifugal force pushing the car down in the corner. You're only getting weight transfer to the outside tires, your right side tires. Um, you don't see these cars at, at at Phoenix sitting up high off the ground uh, when they're stationary. There's a lot less dynamic loads uh, going on there with these cars versus a, a high bank track. A um, little more, a uh, little more natural in a sense. You're not you're not dealing with a lot of aero. You're not relying on a lot of aero downforce. Partly because of the. Track arrangement partly because of the low aero package they're running, um, but I, I expect to see um, tire management to be a be a big factor. Um, you know, the right side tires in a the corner, they're doing all the work. You know, we don't have banking to spread the load and and, and push that cornering force into the inside tires as well. Um, you don't so- see that. Driver side tire leaning way, you know, positive camber leaning to the left because it doesn't—it's not beneficial uh, on a, on a flatter corner as much.
0: What are they running for pressures? So I'd assume, like, right there, pressures from left tire pressures from the left to right side are going to be different this week. Then,
2: yeah, pretty dramatically. I think um, I think we were looking up guidelines and something along the lines of um, you know, 15 psi on the left and and in the 30s on the right. Um, correct because there's, there's not enough weight or load on that left side tire, um, to, to heat it up too much so they can get away with that much lower pressure, um, on those left side tires to try and get a little bit more grip out of them, even though pretty much all the weight of the car is going to be on the right side tires in the corner. They can still, still basically take advantage of those left side tires for braking um, into, into the corners by running that lower pressure. So definitely a little bit of different animal than a, than a high bank track where you, you're using all four tires in the corners,
0: man. My uh, with ah, tire pressures down in the 15 psi range, geez, my uh, Chevy Cruze would be bitching at me <laughs> the entire time.
2: Light, light would be on. Oh yeah, <laughs> TPMS is very very upset. So,
1: yeah. we talking picks? No, let's go before. Let's stick on the tire game.
0: I, I have a. I think another... there's a lot to talk about at Phoenix tired yeah. there's more tire game and there's there's this the track itself is uh pretty unique across the, yeah. All the so yeah matt tell us let's talk yeah, about Brent, i know
1: you're i know you're prepared to you know i know i know Brent's you're, got you're some, ready to lose but he's, he's like got a hot let's, take. uh he's got a hot take. all i'm gonna do
2: is piss piss you guys off mostly you. yeah matt. oh he's my oh he's gee, got this got might be take. the last
1: one this hot might be take. the last podcast <laughs> So tires, right, as Brent was describing, a huge factor, and to further complicate things for the crew chiefs and the teams, they're putting traction compound down on the track. So what is traction compound? Traction compound is a substance that does exactly that. It aids traction. So it's almost, it, it, it lets the rubber stick more, to say it super technically. So they use it a lot in drag racing to get the cars off the line on these prep tracks. So they put it in the high groove on turns one and two and the high groove again on turns three and four watching the Xfinity race yesterday. I noticed they weren't using it much. If they were single file, they weren't using, using the traction compound much on corner entry, but on exit, it almost seemed like they were using it to to get the drive off to get to to get the power down because of the, the higher, higher horsepower packages. So what's different about this about the Cup Series today or uh, on the fourteenth is they're not going to reapply it. They're going to run the same stuff they ran in the Xfinity race, but they're they were going to scrape it somehow to get some of the the rubber pep- the rubber marbles off of it, so allow it to be to reengage the stickiness, be a little, which bit is a super sticky, yeah. super technical term there. So keep in mind, look that one up, but.
0: Well, let's yeah, think it's about gonna it. be
1: interesting. And yeah, what do you got,
0: Adam? Let's think about it though. So right, so you know, everybody loves uh, smoky burnouts and things like that. But in in racing, right, spinning ain't winning.
1: Spinning ain't winning.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, I I'm yeah I don't really know what traction compound is, but I know enough to be dangerous when I'm watching it on TV, having a couple beers. And if you're looking at the track, right, you're gonna see a super dark, you know lane if you will in certain at in certain areas and that's the area where you're seeing attraction traction compound put down
1: so yeah see if you use as the track changes some drivers may start going into it if their car starts handling poorly you may see them slide up and try to use it a little more so it adds a whole different element and phoenix you know the, the groove is low and it's sometimes extremely low and it kind of helps some of the the cars handle better and kind of promotes kind of two-lane racing there along the outside. So something to watch there for sure. And as I just mentioned, the super low line. So Phoenix has a super unique layout in the fact that the start-finish line is, what, almost right after turn four, right?
0: Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yep.
1: So that, that gives the they, – when they move the start-finish line back, the normal Daytona-style dog leg, as you want to call it, that extra turn, that's where the start-finish line used to be. So what what do the drivers do? They cut that entire dog leg off, like to the point on restarts where it can be, what, five, six wide. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, who's going to be brave enough to drive it in the one and see if to, see if it's going to stick or not? And, uh, so, yeah, really, if you're coming insane last night watching them do that,
0: if you're coming off of four and right. So uh, just put yourself in the driver's seat of a car for a second. Right. Even your car driving down the road. You know, on the left side, traditionally, if you live in a place that has rules and regulations and all that stuff, on the so left side Michigan. in America... You're not Michigan? Yeah. yeah, not Michigan. Okay, continue. On the left side, you have a yellow line, whether it's single or double, and on the right side, you have a white line, traditionally. That's what how it would go if we were going to write rules and regulations. That's the same in NASCAR. They have that. But here at Phoenix, in that sense, you can go below the yellow line, uh, and can you you can pass right correct so that essentially expands the racing surface and creates opportunity for mishap
1: to say the least some of these i don't know how the camera guys do it trying to broadcast these races because or the even the the, the tracking system the uh the track timers because it's complete chaos
0: unsung heroes Uh, they're the unsung heroes of the weekend that's for sure
1: the best phoenix the best phoenix restart i've seen was the truck championship last year you remember that yeah it was it was like i can't even describe it to you it was like a maybe a beehive (laughs) maybe that's probably the best.
0: this is probably the for me right as as a sports fan, and I, I like entertainment, so I'm okay with the trying to balance the competitive racing series to entertainment. When you mix, there's a couple different things you, you mix together. A high-pressure situation like a championship race, inexperienced drivers, and people who want to prove a point. You mix those things together, and you put them in a situation that is, you know— Less than ideal as far as like where you can and can't go on the track and things like that chaos is about to ensue and that makes great entertainment whatever happens something's gonna go crazy in the sense of cutting that dog leg I mean you can drive this race on whatever NASCAR game you have for Xbox or PlayStation and I mean I've done it Matt you and I have done it and I've, I've cut the corner so hard at Phoenix, and I saw somebody do it in the Xfinity, Xfinity race last night. They almost hit the pit wall on the inside of the track.
1: <laughs> Absolutely fine. That's, that's the line. Yep. And uh, if you play, uh, we, we play NASCAR Heat 5, and if you run it the right way on the base setup, you hit rev limiter coming into one. <laughs> that's how you know you got the most the most out of her, right? You got it just so, right. Just, just right. You just kiss it just a little bit before you jump into sliders, but
0: yeah, it's going to be, this is a good track. You know, we're going short track racing for the first time this year. This is what race five. So we've gone to Daytona for the 500, the road course. They went to Homestead for, you know, a mile and a half for Vegas is a mile and a half ish. And now we're going one mile, which in the NASCAR world, you know, that's short track racing. So, uh, It's not traditional short track, and as we talked about the layout, but short track racing here with high horsepower, I think, creates chaos, that same kind of situation. So the entertainment value is exceptional when we talk about short track racing.
1: It's going to be one to watch, that's for sure.
0: So, yeah, the... um, who do you got to look out for this weekend? I mean, right, so Kyle Larson winning last week in a Hendrick car. We've had another Hendrick car win already in William Byron at Homestead. So, you know, the, the top dog, Elliott, is winless. Elliot has, you know, he in, so 2020, so if you've never watched NASCAR before, right, the championship race is hosted at Phoenix as well in the fall. Chase Elliott won uh, the race last year. Uh, and he was in the championship for so. What that means is he won the overall championship for the season. So he's the reigning champ. He has not won yet this year. He's struggling in a couple different areas, I think. But uh won at the
1: Bush Clash, right? Was it the Bush Clash or the? Oh yeah, the duels. But that's you know that's warmups. But <laughs> he's got his one road course victory there, which no one was surprised about. But yeah, not for points though. You got to win when it counts.
0: But that's a team, despite Chase Elliott, right, that has struggled as they've, as, as, as the Jimmy Johnsons and the Jeff Gordons and Dale Earnhardt Jr. over the years have left that team, you know, as they've, as they've aged and gotten out of the sport, uh, they've had to reinvent themselves in bringing in new drivers. So they've got, uh, at this point, they've got Alex Bowman in the 48, um, Jimmy Johnson's old car. They've got, um, William Byron in the 24, so the old Rainbow Warrior, Jeff Gordon there. Uh, That's great. Nine in the Chase Elliott. And then obviously new to this year, uh, Kyle Larson in the number five. So four cars. Something's in the water over there at Hendrick for sure. They figured it out. Um, they
1: sure have.
0: Or they've been able to put it together. So, you know, could they do big things in here? I, I think they could. I don't know if they're on my short list this week, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I, the hometown boy is Bowman this weekend. He's from the area. So uh, we'll see what he can do. I'm, uh, it's going to be a great race. I'm short track racing, like I said. So the entertainment value is high, and I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll
1: spin, wheel spin on restarts. Always leads to a good time. Let's go. Let's get into it, Brent. I know you were chomping at the bit for your picks, buddy. So yeah. uh, what, what losers?
2: What losers did you pick this week? Go ahead. <laughs> well, we just got done talking about about Chase Elliott and and how he's had uh, some ups and downs at the the beginning of this season, where he's 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 run well, but either found trouble or made mistakes or or what have you. Um, but I'm 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 putting him him back in front and it's not just because he won the the championship there last year at the end of the year he also led the most laps at the spring phoenix race there last year so so i'm um i'm I'm thinking he takes it back home um as far as lose as far as the dark horse or 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 wreck one this is where this is where this this begets to be controversial and um and and, and i'm gonna put i'm gonna put kyle bush in both of those categories
1: oh god wait a minute wait wait a minute wait Wait. a minute wait a minute!
0: minute. (laughs) Hold on. You're Wait, putting, yeah, go
1: ahead.
2: go
0: ahead. You're putting Kyle Busch in the dark horse category and least likely to wreck it? Or most, most likely, likely to wreck it? Most
2: likely to wreck it. So I think his level of frustration, and I don't follow Kyle Busch all that much. Maybe that's just the norm for him. But <laughs> I... I He's either going to put on a really good show, or he's going to cause a really big wreck. And either way, I think it'll be like you said, entertainment value will be high. <laughs> oh
0: my! God. He's definitely frustrated. Yeah, I would. I would agree. He's definitely frustrated, but he's he's got history here, and he's definitely uh, one of the drivers to watch out for. Is I, I think you're right. He could. He's got experience here. He knows how to drive this track. I'm not sure if he's ever won here. I'd have to look that up, but. He's finished well over the years of his career. I mean, he's he is a great driver, so I'll give him that. But I'm not going to stroke him off anymore. I mean, I I <laughs> hope he crashes. No,
2: no. The the man, <laughs> the
1: man, the man hates everything. that's not Kyle Busch, so that's fine. Great print, yeah. I'm hoping for one over the other there. If you know, if you know which way I'm leaning.
0: Like I said, either way, right. it'll be
1: it'll be good. What? Oh, <laughs> Says, before I get more any more upset with Brent, uh, who do you have?
0: All right, so this isn't really going to be a surprise as far as the winner goes. I'm going Joey Logano.
1: Oh, uh, really? The 22 car? You're not a fan, are you?
0: Slightly. I'm one of okay. three Joey Logano fans that are registered in the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> <laughs> but here, let me tell you the let me tell you the why. Right. So I think that's important when you tell somebody why you're going to do something he he's won here twice okay most recently last season uh so this race last year was the last one before the pandemic hit it was the last fully attended nascar race um historically he's six top fives 13 top tens he's 570 plus laps to date he's led here uh and i think he's due quite frankly based on what happened in Daytona, he's been strong. Um, and honestly, a lot of people are talking about Brad, obviously he's on the pole as in Keselowski. Um, I'll be honest, best case scenario for me in this situation is Brad's out front and going into turn three, Joey's in second and he returns the favor, but just doesn't take himself out this time. So that's how I feel about it. I think he's going to win. Um, I don't have the same dark horse and uh, care center pick or whatever we're calling the you know person least likely to, to wreck on the first lap or whatever it is, but dark horse-wise, I'm staying Team Penske, and I'm going Ryan Blaney the number 12. So, Blaney, uh, he doesn't have the record obviously like Logano. Uh, he was sixth here, I think, in the championship race in November. Um last week right at vegas uh he was p5 finish and uh he's starting eighth today so yeah he's a top 10 car as far as you know the algorithm that they're using to qualify these days instead of actually you know driving the car but the
1: witchcraft that is the yeah algorithm. yeah
0: but i think blaney's do uh i think he's an extremely talented driver and is overshadowed a little bit in that in that garage but honestly i I think, and this is this is probably of no surprise to you, but I think the Penske cars are uh, really dialed up. To be honest, uh, I know there's obviously the Hendrick stuff, but I think the Penske cars are are right there also, which shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, being a top tier team. But we'll see. Um, yeah,
1: it'll be it'll be interesting. I think teams who are going to play a factor in this race. I think we'll see a lot of one team running up front, whatever team that is.
0: So, so. So here we go, right? So, Matt, I think you called the care center pick. Um, I did.
1: I did. I have a winner, a dark horse, and a care center. Uh, so, so my, my care center
0: pick. I got. I, I didn't get mine yet. Let me get my care center oh, pick. Oh, I'm in so there.
1: sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. Who is your the, care center? Who is Jamie Little going to interview first?
0: I'm going the number 52, Josh Balicki <laughs> in the Rick Ware Racing Ford. So, oh, again, let yeah. me tell you why. Okay. please, Please do so. Sir. This guy, Josh Balicki, traditionally, Phoenix, whatever track you pick, just name it, right? Traditionally, he starts in the back. That's just the way it goes, right? He's a 52. So what that means in the NASCAR world is he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> From top to bottom. Driver, team, everything. It all sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's got youth... four cars in the field.
0: Exactly. And he can't even make one competitive. So.
1: Absolutely
0: not. So here we go. So. Somehow, despite starting towards the back of the pack, if you look at his uh, stats from a Phoenix or average finish over the years, uh, he's typically starting, average start is like 36th position. Somehow, he has figured out how to finish the race worse than that. (laughs) So if I'm a driver, right, if I'm a, chaos ensues with this guy, so you got to watch him. You got to watch him. I think if I'm another driver in the field and I'm to find number 52 on the track somewhere I'm getting the hell away from him because he's an idiot.
1: Oh my you might you uh, I'm not going to be able to top that with my
2: not with my It, it ain't, ain't it ain't so. much but it's honest work.
0: <laughs> oh. You know, I'm not saying Josh Velicky isn't having a great time out there cuz maybe he is and maybe that's the role they want to play cuz someone's got to play that role. But you know
1: I I hear you. <laughs> I hear
0: you. We'll see. We'll I, see.
1: I like this. I like these these care center picks. This is a, This is going to be a fun segment to do. So what do you got? I know you're charming in the middle. I am. Oof, I asking. am. So we're going to go... Uh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's not as bad as Brent. Don't worry. So my winner, <laughs> I have I have Denny Hamlin taking home the, the trophy today. Oh. Team Toyota. I'm going to go with the Joe Gibbs Denny Hamlin car. Despite Every bone in my body, I, I can't root for the man. He's a terrible teammate to my, my driver, Martin Truex Jr., but I think he's going to get it done today. He's been, he's been right there in all these races. He's hung in, so I think he's got a good shot, despite what Vegas is thinking about this race. Uh, my dark horse, uh, I'm going to go with Matty Benedetto in the Wood Brothers Racing Rig. Now, he, from, if you look at his stats this year, you'd ask yourself why am I possibly picking Matty D he's had a lot of stuff go wrong that's not been his fault so I think he's going to get it he's competitive at Phoenix I think he's going to get it done I do now is, is he I don't know what does he got he's got one top five and two top tens so maybe maybe that's
0: fair I like that pick I like that pick too because I, I was on the fence with him as I'm um you know, my allegiance to team Penske and the Wood Brothers car being essentially the de facto fourth, fourth car for that team. Car,
1: car number four. Correct.
0: <laughs> so, car yeah. number
1: four. Yeah. Valid. We're, uh, we're I there. Feel you.
0: I feel you, dog. I feel you.
1: We'll see. We'll see. My, uh, our, our pool picks reflect these two, by the way, I'm not just <laughs> cutting baiting. All right. On our, uh, our fantasy. We're going to have to review our points, by the way. I think that's another segment we add into this.
0: Well, I think maybe department. I think that maybe that's up for debate then and we can hash it out. Yeah, because someone's we'll picking two
1: people to wreck or, or a dark horse, so you know Ooh. witchcraft. Ooh. But my care center pick, Jamie Little will first talk to today, Corey LaJoy. <laughs> I think she's gonna interview him first. I think I think it's gonna be a wreck. I don't think it's gonna be mechanical. Um, I'm gonna say they're gonna say it's a tire, but it's just gonna be driver error. Um, and just for everybody watching at home, that's going to be the number seven Spire Motors car, that Chevrolet up there. So
0: Corey LaJoy, interesting, because because Corey LaJoy is talking a lot of smack this year. Is he? He's talking a lot of smack in the sense that he's finally got a team that's doing it the right way.
1: Hmm. What and is- all
0: I really think that means is he's covering his ass because he's not that great of a cup driver. <laughs>
1: Well, his his teammate, Jamie McMurray, there in the 77 car is gonna show him up on the road courses. So <laughs> you better be ready, man. That's uh they got charters, so they'll be they'll be at every race. But Mr. LaJoy there in the number number seven car, not a fifty something, an actual numbered car. So we'll see, man. His average finish at uh at Phoenix is a 33.1. So
0: I don't know where is, where
1: is he starting starting at the race? I didn't I forgot to check that.
0: Well, based on the algorithm, it's in the back half. I can promise you that. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the witchcraft has him in the back. Okay. All right.
2: Let's uh, yeah. I'm pulling unless, pull
0: yeah. unless you're Michael McDowell or uh, anybody in a Penske, Hendrick, or Gibbs car, you're back oh, half he's
2: starting, he's starting 33rd, Matt. He's going to go oh, nowhere. See? <laughs> this is
0: it. So here's the thing. His numbers say that that's his average. So as far as I'm concerned, as long as he just maintains, he's good.
1: We know that's not going to happen, though, guys. No. You you no. really uh, he, he's dancing.
0: Best he's dancing
1: back there. Man. He's starting with who? Who's his, who's his? Quinn Huff's going to be pushing him?
0: Oh Jesus!
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? You got nothing? I can say nothing else about that. So. Your boy there, Mr. Belisky is going to be on the uh, caddy corner. Him on the outside. So, yeah.
0: so best case scenario here is Quinn Huff does exactly what he does and suck and takes them both out.
1: Oh, and you think about it too. You need the Phoenix. They're going to start in the banking, right? Yeah. Deep in the deep in the banking for the restart. So,
0: it'll, the it'll chances are, if I'm Corey Lejoy, I'm like I shouldn't be with these two bozos. I should be up front. So I'm going to be aggressive to get out of it and create chaos
1: you got it you got to watch especially because who's back there with him so row in front of him is eric amarola who doesn't okay. believe he's supposed to be in the back right right, right. so and he's going to be making moves and it's tough to make moves around people who don't expect what you're going to do right it's just like driving down the highway you never know what's going to happen right <laughs> and that's what happens in the head back half of this nascar field <laughs> so uh, oh geez it's
0: gonna be good that's,
1: that's not that's my picks and i'm sticking to them and they reflect, they're reflected in my fantasy draft. So, Brent, unlike you, who put two people, one person in two spots.
2: <laughs> my guns. We Look should, we should really see if we can get a, a draft that gets points for someone who ends up in Care Center. We yeah. could start that here.
0: We might, yeah, we might have tally, to, we can, we can tally we we it. We could tally it. Create our own, I think, and create our own witchcraft math and yeah. uh, see <laughs> what we got. I think, yeah, so sure. I've actually got in the actual, uh, You know, the fantasy thing, or you know, yeah. So, by the way, I'm gonna put this on record because we're recording this. If somebody wins the 25 grand, you're sharing that shit.
1: You're gonna taste
0: (laughs) in some way, shape, or form. Is it gonna be
1: split? No, but you'll get a
0: taste. I'll take (laughs) care of my boys. That's what I mean. A dollar, buy me ice cream or something. I'm good with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Matt'll buy you a 30 rack of uh, Bud Heavy. I'll bring the whole truck there. 25 grand Parked the beer be, truck out front stone cold speed,
1: you know, absolutely.
0: I've got Logano race winner, right? As I talked about in, in this one, but also on there. So, group two, I have Blaney winning that group, but I don't have him in second place. I've got uh Chase Elliott in second place, technically.
1: Okay, I took oh. Hamlin, I got Larson in two. Bowman in three, Matty yep. Dean in four. Yep. Uh, Ricky, I took oh. Ricky in five. Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> I took Eric Jones into forty-three, and then I took uh, Hamlin to win and Larson for second. Okay. Okay. I feel good about this one. Uh, you know, because I didn't take my boy Martin Truex like I do every week. So
0: you actually thought about it.
1: I actually put some actual thought into it, and I and I uh, I gambled with my head instead of my heart, and that's <laughs> wow. hard to separate
2: for me. So, yeah. uh, well, I, I didn't go quite that far, Matt. I do have uh, I do have Chase Elliott winning and, and Larson in second because I couldn't actually bring myself to, to put Kyle Busch on the on picks. Even,
1: so, even though I talk smack, thank you for doing that.
0: Man, in Brent's world, it's going to be a hell of a party on the Hendrick plane on the way home. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, God. Oh, wow. Yep.
0: <laughs> you boys That's go not- down
1: there in the city Chevrolet and pick out whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: three cars for everybody oprah's handing them out you get a car you get a car you get a car
2: oh, oh too all much right. fun
0: good stuff good stuff um yeah i think that i think about wraps it up what do you say
1: i think that's good i think we covered it all and thank you all for listening in to us ramble on and talk in circles so we appreciate your support
0: all right everybody thanks for uh tuning in today and uh enjoy the race and uh uh what do you say matt what's your keeping between the what
1: you got to keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise keep and the shiny it. side up and the rubber side down
0: that's it and that's all
1: Woo! go 19. I can, I can